Okay. So good evening, beloved. Uh, so today I'm doing a series called. Uh, I mean, it might be a message or it might be two. Uh, it's called the Good Report. So I might have part one and part two. We we'll just see how it goes, or if we just take one. Uh, for those who are watching us online, I have below this video you have a little link that pops up, and if you click on that link, it will take you to a PDF file which has all the scripture references, all the notes that I'm uh, we're sharing today. Okay. Uh, so to begin with. Uh, you know, right now with all the chaos that is going on in the world with COVID, uh, with everything, and I really want to focus on divine health, okay? And to be in a state of divine health, uh, living in a state of divine health. Uh, and so it's all about a report, right? Everyone gets some symptoms and then you're waiting for that one report to come and everything is based on that report. And that report, when you see, will give you your identity. Or you're waiting for that report to come and basically what you're saying is when that report comes, it defines who I am. And up until then, you're all anxious and everything. And uh, as sons, we're not supposed to live in that place. And Isaiah 53 begins by saying, who will believe our report? Or who will believe the report of the Lord? Okay, and so uh, this is something about believing who you are apart from what you're seeing. And God is saying that, are you going to believe what I am saying about you and my report? Okay, uh, so I want to talk about, there are two places, okay? Uh, I want to quickly begin with, uh, I'm just going to take my own time with this sermon and if it goes into two, uh, you know, that's fine, we'll just take it, but I don't want to rush into it because I, I want to, I want you to be in a place of being in divine health rather than seeking divine health, okay? Uh, so we've already talked a lot about what I'm sharing is already in the series of Untouchable, but I'm, I've, I've put in this, if you look at the PDF file in all the uh, references, just like about five or six scripture verses that are so important and if you just meditate on them, uh, you know, it just talks about your position and where you are and literally all I, I all I do in any any circumstance that, that comes my way, I only go through those verses because I realize there's nothing to fight. I realize it's to only hold a, hold a position, okay? So uh, recently I, I, I had a dream about somebody and I saw that they uh, they fell. And the reason why they fell and the water still held them, but the reason why they fell is because they weren't holding on to something. And, and then I realized God was showing me about holding on, holding your position. You know, for example, if you're in a helicopter or if you're, if you're in, a, in, a open, um, in, a, in a vehicle that has no doors, okay? And if you just get a little turbulence, you might get pulled to the left or right. It's because you're not holding on to something. Okay, and that's what the Bible talks about standing your ground or holding your position. So it's not about it's not about fighting, it's about staying firm, being rooted, okay, in who you are. Um, so I want to quickly begin this sermon, uh, this message by uh, I haven't put this thing there by Matt from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And this is about when Jesus is walking on water, okay, and so I want to uh, so I want you to visualize two kinds of Peter. A Peter who walks on water, okay, and then a Peter who is drowning. The Peter who is drowning is somebody who needs to be bailed out. And then of course God bails him out. He says, save me God, I'm drowning. And Jesus comes and pulls him out and he's saved. And then there's another Peter who learns to walk on water. And this Peter is just resembling Jesus. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. And this Peter doesn't need to be saved because he's already learned to walk on water. So one Peter is very scared of the storm 
and he's probably praying, hey Jesus, take me out of the storm. And then there's another Peter who's walking on water and doesn't really care if there is a storm. It's because he's above the storm and the storm doesn't do anything to him. He walks in the storm, he's just like Jesus. So the storm is there, he doesn't really, it doesn't really matter for him. Okay? And so there are two kinds of places to be. Either you're falling sick and you fall sick and you fall sick and then constantly you need to be saved. And then Jesus comes and then Jesus bails you out and you come out and then, you know, he heals you. And then there's another place where you learn as a son to hold your ground where you're not falling sick and where you're in a place of divine health. Now, isn't that a better place to be? And so for those things, if you want to learn to walk on water, then Jesus clearly told Peter to do certain things. He said, why did you doubt? What had Peter done? He started looking at the storm. He started reacting. His impulses started following everything that he was seeing. And now he began to drop. Okay. And so for those who are hearing, who have not heard this, I'm quickly just going to read that so that you get the understanding of this message. Okay. So Jesus is walking on water. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Look at this. Disciples seeing Jesus and thinking it's a ghost. Meaning some sort of supernatural being because it's not possible for humans to walk on water. But you and I are just like the sun, just like Jesus. Okay? So they looked at him and they looked at him and thought he was supernatural. They thought he's a ghost, right? People should look at you and think you're supernatural because you are different. Okay? Uh, so when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. Be happy. Be of good cheer. Imagine his reaction in this storm. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. So sons are not afraid. It's not in my nature to be afraid. Just start saying that. It's not in my nature to be fearful. It's not in my nature to be anxious. It's not in my nature to be worried. Long before I started walking in divine health, I kept saying that it's not in my nature to fall sick. It's not in my nature. Even if you want to, it's not in your nature. It's not in your nature to be fearful. It's not in your nature to be afraid. It's not in your nature to be worried you'll soon realize you're a carefree person. Okay? Uh, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. So he saw, he got his eyes off, he started looking at the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus, and I love this, and immediately, and immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, God, just didn't leave him there. Immediately, Jesus said, okay, he got his hand out, he pulled him out. Uh, yeah. Uh, when he said, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
and when they got into the boat the wind ceased then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god why are they saying truly you are the son of god because he is above the storm in another verse somewhere it says who can this man be who even the winds and the storm obey him but as he is so are you and me the winds and the storm obey the sun that means creation will always respond to the creator your position is the highest position it is that of a sun okay now so so i talked about there are two types of peter there's one peter that is drowning and that needs saving and there's one peter that is walking on water now you choose which one do you want to be either you're constantly going through cycles and you constantly wonder why do i go through it why do i go through it is because jesus clearly told him something why did you doubt now i'll tell you what the doubt is or anything it's not what we think it is okay but there is a way a son walks and a son lives things and the bible has given those little scriptures that are put there about five or six if you just learn to do them then you will learn to walk on water like peter and not be peter who's constantly drowning and asking god to save him and isn't that a better place to be i tell every son isn't that a better place to be for you than constantly you need saving i don't cry in my problems i only figure out why i'm there is because in some area i don't see myself as a sunny i don't know and so all i want is to get out of that thing i want to overcome it and i say yes holy spirit show me is because i i don't ever want to be in the cycle ever again and that's how i overcome okay so let's go into so i'm going to teach you again peter walking on water peter's drowning and of course god saves you okay but if you want to learn to walk on water five simple truths there those scriptures that i've laid out so cool okay and you do that and i'm 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 showing you things that are so true the word of god stands the word of god is true even before i see something if i find it in the word if i don't have any testimony any around me thousand may fall at my side 10000 at my right hand meaning thousand don't have the testimony and at my right hand they don't have the testimony i will be the one that has the testimony if i find it in the word if i find that promise in the word okay uh so let's look um open to isaiah 53 i've taken two verses there i've taken i've taken the uh, i've taken the amplified version and i've taken the uh, ngjv version okay now god wants you to have a good report he doesn't want you to have a report that says covid plus he doesn't want you to have a report that says malignant he doesn't want you to have a report that says your foot needs to be amputated he doesn't need you to have a report that says uh uh you know any in any type of negative way he doesn't want you to have that okay and god has given jesus went on the cross to give us that good report so let's just um go into the word okay let's read isaiah 53 this is in isaiah it's talking about jesus going on the cross and it begins by saying isaiah 53 who has believed our report i want you to circle believe who has believed our report that means everything is coming against and not showing any symptoms in the world or anything like that and then the bible is saying who has believed our report okay who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant this is talking about jesus okay long before jesus showed up this is a prophetic word about him and as a root out of dry ground he had he has no form of commonliness and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him 
He is despised, despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has borne my grief. I told you Andrew Omak's son came back from the dead after uh, five hours. And when all of that grief came to Andrew Womack, that come on now cry, your son is dead. When he heard that news, he said, you know what? I don't care if my son dies or lives. He said, I will not let, I will not go into depression. I will not take this grief that is coming and telling me to come, uh, you know, to take me down. And he said, I'm going to rejoice. And he just started praising and worshipping. And his son who was dead for five hours came back to life in the morning. Okay, that's the power of, uh, what did he do actually? He was just standing on the word. Because if Jesus has borne his grief, he doesn't need to bear it. So he was resisting the grief. Okay? Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, all your shortcomings. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. For our peace. So no one can ever say I'm depressed. Because someone else took wore a thorn of, thorn of thorns, took everything so that you can have shalom peace, mental health, okay? Uh, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. If it says by his stripes we are healed, I'm not waiting to get sick and then stand on this word. This says that I can be in a place of divine health, which is a much better place to be, okay? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his, his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had, no, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When, he, when you make his soul an offering to sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I'm quickly going to read Isaiah uh, 53 in the Amplified. Uh, just uh, let this word just get into you. Yeah. Who has believed? In brackets it says, who has confidently trusted, relied on, adhered to our message of salvation? That means who has trusted God's report or God's word about your situation? Okay. And to whom, if not us, has the arm and infinite power of the Lord been revealed? For he, the servant of God, grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a tender plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He has no stately form or majestic splendor that we should look at him, 
nor handsome appearance that we would be attracted to him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, faces, he was despised and he did not appreciate his work or esteem him. But in fact, he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows and pains, yet we ignorantly assume that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions, meaning our sin. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, all our wrong, wrongdoings. Jesus was crushed. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. That means the good report that you deserve. Everything he took so that you get the good report. Okay? And by his stripes, every wound, every rip that Jesus took, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way, but the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoings, to fall on him instead of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth to complain or defend himself. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before her shearers, so he did not open his mouth. After oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, his contemporaries, who among them concerned himself with the fact that he was cut off from the land of the living by his death, for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke of death was due. His grave was assigned with the wicked, but he was with the rich man in his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth, yet the Lord was willing, yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer, if he would give himself as a guilt offering, an atonement for sin, he shall see his spiritual offering, that is you and I. He shall prolong his days and the will, the good pleasure of the Lord shall succeed and prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he shall see it and be satisfied by his knowledge of what he has accomplished, the righteous one. Now look at this. My servant, that means Jesus, shall justify the many making them righteous, upright before God, in right standing with God. By his knowledge of what Jesus has done, the righteous one, my servant Jesus, shall justify many, making them righteous, upright before God, in right standing with God. For he shall bear the responsibility for their sins, the responsibility for your and my sins. Therefore, I will divide and give him a portion with the great kings and rulers, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he willingly poured out his life to death and was counted among the transgressors. Yet he himself bore and took away the sin of many and interceded with the Father for the transgressions. Okay? Um, so, Isaiah 53 is talking about all that Jesus did. Who has believed our report? And Isaiah 53 is like the basis for why you should believe your report, God's report, the good report, that you can have goodness in any area of your life. Okay? So I want to go in everything about the kingdom the minute you came into the kingdom. Okay? How did you come into the kingdom? How did you come into the kingdom? You believed. You believed in Jesus. Someone told you about Jesus. You read about Jesus. You heard a testimony. Some of you had an encounter. You believe what Jesus did on the cross for you. You confess with your mouth. Some didn't confess. If you just believed it and you knew that he was the one. 
you came into the kingdom you got saved and the minute you got saved you became a son you became a new being a new creation so everything that i discuss with you everything that i share is not something you're becoming sons you're already a son and all you're doing is believing who you already are so you know the more i believe i'm righteous or like uh, you know i'm a son it doesn't make me a son i only be believe it is because it is who i already am and it's in my wisdom to believe it otherwise i I'm, i'm a person who has a split identity or a split personality it's like an american who came to india and lives in india now what if he's a caucasian right so it's very easy for even the indians to separate him and say you're american the indians help him also realize he's an american because he even looks different he looks caucasian he looks white if he is a caucasian uh, okay he looks white and so by his skin color it's easy to just to se separate the two there's an indian and there's an american and the american goes on living and he lives everything by his american citizen by his american laws by his american government everything and he's living in this place and he knows he's an american he goes to sleep he gets up even the people have been remember he's an american but what if you are an indian living in sri lanka now you all look the same but what happens is if you go there because you all look the same maybe the indian can forget that he's indian and start acting sri lankan because you look the same and then the sri lankan people start telling the indian guy hey if the indian guy doesn't know he's indian hey you're sri lankan and after some time if he doesn't know who he is he'll forget but he can be an indian living in sri lanka and he knows and is he is he every morning the indian believing getting up and believing i'm an indian i'm an indian is he saying that every day in sri lanka if he if he is an indian living in sri lanka no he is an indian by birth so the more you when i say you're believing you're a son you don't say it to become it's who you are the minute you got born again born again means born from above that means your descent your bloodline changed from human species to supernatural species that's why it's called a new creation and you know trust me everything about you is a son it's all christ in you you died sometimes in my very own life i see myself as being the righteousness of god just by the things that happen to other people or the situation around me and how it reacts to me and then i it it just reminds me i'm the righteousness of god that they are coming against righteousness or whatever is happening because it's against righteousness you understand and so you're a son by blood that means you're a son by birth and so the more you the more of increase is coming to you that is in your mind in your soul that increase is coming that's how you learn to rest more that's all that it is you're not fighting you're holding your position you're resting okay so like i said an indian living in sri lanka but everything about indian government laws everything about indian inheritance everything will be applicable to him and so you open up the bible and there are all of those promises for you as a son living in this world but not of this world and so jesus came he probably looked like the hebrews and the other people by skin he was born there he looked like the other humans around him but was he human he was clearly a son of god they looked at him and called he's a ghost and so after some time what happens is an indian living in sri lanka and suddenly he starts looking supernatural they all look the same but this person just looks different kind of species 
power is with him. The winds and the sea, they obey him. So now the disciples and the layman could decipher that there is something about this individual. Even though he looks like us, he's not one of us. And that's what you and I are. We are in this world, but not of this world. And people looking at you will see you as a separated class of being, the God kind, born from above. That's what it means that we are partakers of the divine nature. We partake in his godliness. Like Michael said, God-likeness, just like God, born from above. So unless you believe that you're born from above, now even if none of you believe, you believe in Jesus, you became a son of God. Now you can still act human, live your whole life defeated. It doesn't change. The spiritual realm knew you're a son. The only person that didn't know you're a son is you. And that's why he kept bashing you. And you kept going into circles. Okay? And so do you want to walk on water rather than be somebody like Peter pulled out of the water? That COVID doesn't touch you because it's not in your nature to be sick. It's not in your nature to be defeated. It's just not in your nature to have any death. It's in your nature to be victorious. Not saying it's not in my nature to worry. After some time, you'll realize if you're a very worryful person, you stop worrying. Stop. If you're a very fearful person, start by saying first, it's not in my nature to fear because that is the truth. I do not have the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Just start saying that. Okay, so how do you get saved? You believed. You believed. Okay, and so let's go to those three scriptures. Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on and have faith in the one whom he sent. The work of God, believe in Jesus. That's it. That's what the work of God is. Romans 1.17 For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You and me live by faith. Just say, faith is my lifestyle. It's in my nature. It's in my nature. You cannot be a believer and not believing. Any less, you can't be an Indian. You're just an Indian. So the same way if you're a son, if you're a son, which you are, it's in your nature that all things in your life, everything is by faith. It's in my nature because I inherit through faith. In heaven, you're not going to need faith because whatever you see is what it is. Because you're in this world and not of this world, you live by faith. Because the Indian is in Sri Lanka, he'll have to live by faith. There's no other sense because everything tells him he even looks like that, looks like one of them. And so he will have to remember and live by faith, my God, tomorrow, yeah, but I am not Sri Lankan, I'm Indian. And so I need to go and get my Indian rights here. Do you understand? It's because he lives in another country. And the Bible says, and Jesus says, they are in this world, but not of this world. Father, you keep them, keep them through my word. Sanctify them, set them apart through my word. Why does he say through my word? That's how you keep yourself. That's how you inherit all things, through his word. You sanctify yourself, means you set yourself apart from the rest of the chaos that is happening around you by his word, by his word. And his word today for you and me is to simply resist, 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 hold your ground, sit, rest. That's what it means. Resting also means resisting. Something is coming to take your position and you're resting and resisting also. Pushing. You know, if a burglar is trying to enter your house, you like just open and let him come in. What do you do? First, you might just do this. And the Bible only tells you to resist the devil and he will flee. It doesn't tell you to fight him. 
resist. That resist means what? Something is coming like this and all you're doing is this. Resist. Okay? And so you resist the thoughts that are coming. Oh, I'm getting negative thoughts. What do I do? There's something clear instruction. Pull down your thoughts. Okay? Very recently, just for the past month, it's just been a turmoil for me in just like going through like just, you know, like, like, a, like a whirlwind. Okay, and just with so many things, I had sleepless nights, I was up till four, I was working and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, and sometimes things, you, you think rest look, should look something, but it's in your inner position as a son that you're at rest. And then all I would go to sleep, I would take that care and all of that stress and that problem and I would just say, I cast all of this care on you because you care for me. And now you sort it out and I would just go to sleep. I would just go to sleep, wake up the next day, just go to work, and I would just say, you know, spirit of wisdom, I thank you, you're with me. I know what I have to do. Next day, I would go, and everything would just be in order. Okay? It's because I just took the word, I find the promise, I take it, and I just stand on it, and that's it. This is it. I'm a son. This is in my nature. It's in my nature not to care. It's in my nature not to worry. I'm not going to take it. And I resist it, and I throw it back. Okay? And you'd be surprised as you do it, you are so loved. You have a heavenly father. It's all Christ in you. You think you're trying to sort that out? It's not you who's trying to sort that out. It's Christ in you who's trying to bring all of that order. It's Christ in you. Okay? Uh, so let's read that. Romans 10, 9, 8. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And guess what the following scripture says? Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. I want you to read this for yourselves. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That means with the heart, one believes unto sonship, unto who I am. That means I believe. And therefore, I am going to speak it. I believe it and therefore I'm going to speak it. So what happens when negative thoughts keep coming and bombarding? I, what do I believe about who I am? I'm a son. Father, I don't care what this chaos is going on. Because I'm a son, your word says, cast all your care, I'm just going to blindly do it. And not try and reason out how this is going to figure, figure all of this out. I'm casting my care because you care for me. And now I'm not worrying about this because now I've given it to you. And you clearly told me that if I'm a son, it's not in my nature to worry. Son doesn't worry. And so I'm, I'm now believing my identity as a son. And the reason I'm not going to worry is because you're there. I have a heavenly father. And I cast my care on you. Go to sleep. You are, you are humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. That's what you're doing. By giving that care away, not trying to figure out how you're going to process it. Giving it away to the father and expecting supernatural results is because the wisdom of God, it's called the spirit of wisdom. It's not human wisdom. It's the spirit of wisdom. It's not this reasoning understanding.
that came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, and that sort of understanding. That's why the carnal mind cannot understand the things of God. So if you're if you're expecting some things to work out through your carnal mind and how I'm going to process it through the through the knowledge tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's it's going to lead to death at some at some point because the fruit of that tree is always death, even if it's good, it's death. And then you rely on the spirit of understanding. That's how I do my things supernaturally. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm casting all of this care, spirit of understanding. I thank you. You're with me, spirit of wisdom. You are going to give me everything that I need. And when I wake up in the morning, everything is just, I'm just going to know. So I didn't try and process it out through my logic and reasoning. You're releasing it to the kingdom to do it for you. To Christ in you to work it all out for you. It's a supernatural kingdom. Trust me, you'll get supernatural results. Okay? But you take the word of God. And the simplicity of it is, I'm reading this again. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness... That means you believe you're a son. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And the next word says, that means the confession is made unto salvation. That means sozo. That means whatever that thing needed to get saved, get saved. Is when you believe with your heart, you're a son and you confess with your mouth. Whatever needs to get saved, gets saved. Gets accomplished. Okay? Now, remember I told you, how many scriptures are there after that? How many things have I put down? I put, uh, one second. I put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Okay? There are actually just six. I want you to just, anything, any problem you get, I want you to take these six to eight scriptures that I've given you together. Just sit and meditate on them. Just sit and meditate on them. Okay? So important. As a son, if you want to walk on water, be like Peter that is walking on water, not drowning. You need to zip your mouth first. Okay? Every thought that is coming into your head, take it down. Thoughts are coming into my head. What do I do? I was bombarded with thoughts for the last month. Just a whirlwind. And you know, uh, Trust me, I just like, I would, there, were, there were times that I would just go to sleep just knowing that, you know what, Father, I thank you, I'm a son by blood. That's it. And that would be my rest. And I would just go to sleep and I knew that my father had to figure it all out. Like, I, it's Christ in me. I just know and I'm just going to go and do it. It's because it's him working in me. It's not me. And everything started falling into place. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to look, read these scriptures. One, uh, just focus on these. Okay, really, if there's anything that you're in, you're going to be out like that. Okay, because everything for a son is a lie. Any problem that shows up, is, uh, it's already under your feet. So look at this. 2 Corinthians 10, 10 3. For though we walk in the flesh, in this physical body, we do not war according to the flesh. So it says war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that means something that you are going to conceive with your head. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it's trying to be God before you. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. No problem 
or no situation, especially in health. I'm very specific, specific about that today. Okay. Nothing can show up if you've not conceived it first in your mind or if you've been double-minded about it in your mind. If you're in a place where you really think that you can fall sick, you will fall sick. If you've not made up your mind that as a son, it's not in your nature, you will. You get a symptom, you'll hit it or you'll fall sick and then you'll come out. And you'll be like Peter who's, who falls sick and then yeah, he's fine and he needs to be pulled out of the water. If you become single-minded about who you are, that Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes you are healed. In, in uh, the new covenant in Peter, it says, you were healed. That means it happened 2,000 years ago. Then if I am healed, why do I need to be go drown and then keep getting healed? And keep getting healed? And keep getting healed? And then pray for healing. Why can't you hold on a position of in divine health? And so if you want to be in divine health, then it first starts in your thoughts. Trust me. The thought comes, oh, am I getting a fever? Someone got COVID. Oh, even I'm feeling symptoms. Start talking and then maybe you casually talk to somebody about it. Start talking about the symptoms and all of that. It's because you only land up talking that is because you've not made up in your mind first and you've not believed that you're a son. 100% gone to the cross with it. That is not in your nature. If you're in Sri Lanka, you don't need convincing. You're in, and if you're an Indian, you don't need convincing you're an Indian, you're an Indian, you're an Indian by 10 people or 10 Sri Lankans if you really believe you're an Indian. You don't need convincing. Even if Sri Lankans start talking like Sri Lankan and they start talking about their laws, because you know you're an Indian, you will know that they don't apply to you. And you'll just be disconnected with those conversations. You won't get sucked into it and get concerned with their government and you won't get hassled with it. It's because you know you're an Indian and these laws don't apply to you. So whatever is happening politically, it has no it has no dominion over you is because you're not from Sri Lanka. Correct? So in that conversation where the country is going all chaotic and maybe some Sri Lankans are going chaotic, you will just be rested because you know you're Indian. And that my government is different and so my laws are not applicable here. Am I right? Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so if you've really made up your mind, so it's not about God and you sometimes, it's about why don't you go and sit and decide, have you really believed it's, as a son, it's not in your nature to fall sick? Isaiah 53, by his stripes, I was healed. And the cross gave birth to the new creation. So it's not in my nature. And now symptoms will come. But first, they don't just come to your body. They first come to your thoughts. So if you've wrestled in your thoughts, that's why I say it, it clearly says everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, exalting itself, COVID exalting itself against the knowledge of God and you bring it to the obedience of Christ. Means you're telling it, hey, look, I am Christ. Now you bow down to me. And that's what you're pulling down strongholds and arguments and chaos. The last thing sometimes when I'm in a problem, the last thing I do is talk to people. Ask my mother. I do not. I do not talk about my problems. That's one thing I don't do is because if I talk about my problems, I'm not doing anything. I'm not believing unto righteousness and confessing unto salvation. My problems and talking about my problems will only make my problems just be there and I'll get some counsel and it'll be useless. I want to be reminded I'm a son. The reason why I feel like picking up the phone and talking about my problems is because I've forgotten I'm a son. And then I want somebody to remind me I'm a son, put the phone down, Stop exalting your problems. Start resting and believing that you're a son and you watch how your problem bows down to you. 
Trust me, it's supernatural. I've seen it happen just in the past couple of days. Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing. So who is it telling to pull down? God is giving you an instruction, you and me an instruction, pull down the strongholds, every high thought, casting down arguments and every high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He's giving you a clear instruction to bring down your thoughts. He wouldn't give you an instruction if he thought it was impossible. That means it's very possible. And trust me, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it, especially in the area of health. And it's like this. It works. So what did I do by pulling down the thoughts? Trust me, thoughts came. I pulled it down. Sometimes I would say things and I would just pull it down. I would pull it down. And then I realized, how come all of these things disappear? It's because I, then I realized when the Bible says, you don't fight the devil, you resist him. Jesus was also attacked in the thoughts only first. If you're the son of God, jump from here. If you're the son, all he did, he didn't physically do anything. He just resisted in thoughts, in whatever was spoken. He pulled it down, he spoke the word, and he held his ground. And then it says the devil left him, and guess who was chasing the devil? Jesus was. You're in that place. Okay? You're not a defeated son. You're a victorious son. Okay? Uh, look at this. Let me go down. I, I want you to meditate on these. Yeah? I love these scriptures. I take them all the time. There's some eight because they show me my position. Okay? I put them all together. I've never heard anyone take all of these together and put them in one sermon. And I'm doing that for you. Okay? Uh, look at Ephesians 6. 610. So first, it clearly says it begins with the thoughts. To take down every thought. So I want you to start, you know, sometimes when you're thinking, just like go over your thoughts. What are you thinking? And then start looking at your thoughts. Start making it like an like a audit of your thoughts. What is the craziness that, that is going on? I have even allowed it. And you take down those thoughts. Long before I started walking in divine health, I started taking down thoughts. And then after some time, it's because it's not in my nature, it didn't even wrestle in my thoughts anymore. You just resist it. Even if it comes again to slam, you just resist it. Okay? Uh, look at Ephesians 6.10. The armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Stand. The wiles of the devil. That means the tricks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Again, you think it's a report that is coming to you. Oh, COVID positive. You think it's, that means flesh and blood means something that you can see. Something that you can perceive. See everything with your five senses. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Now this makes it sound so scary. Against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Big warfare going on. It gives you the assumption there's some big warfare and he's so powerful. Okay? Now look what it says. Therefore take up the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. It doesn't say to fight. It says to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Again, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, 
Having girded your waist with truth means what? You know why you wear a belt? To hold things together. To hold things together. That's why you have a belt. Having girded your waist with truth. What is the truth? That I'm a son. It's not in my nature. Now that is the truth and that's the belt that you make it tight. That this is the truth. Okay? Then, having, uh, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. It literally means I'm a son. You know, all, all sin, all death, all type of death, sickness, death, came because of sin. But if your sin and my sin has been taken away, you have become the righteousness of God. Nothing can attack righteousness. If anything comes with whatever intent, something came to attack righteousness, it goes back on that. Righteousness means holiness. Righteousness means right with God. That means no sin. Sinless, innocent. So death can't be in your nature. You can't be righteous and be death at the same time. That's why it says in the pathway of the righteous, there is no death. There are two different, there are two different realms or two different states of being. Righteousness means God kind. Without destruction. Without decay. Innocent. Sinless. Spotless. Blameless. Okay? The breastplate of righteousness. That now I'm righteous. Just like my father. Okay? Uh, where was I? Where was I? Yes. Breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. I'm taking the shield of faith. That means someone is saying something and I'm putting up my faith. The shield of faith. With the promise that I have. Okay? With which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What are the fiery darts? They are thoughts that come. Sometimes it's something that someone has spoken. You know, I don't do... Someone will say that, oh, you know, this one got COVID, that one got COVID. And then I talk, just normal talk. I keep on talking. And then when some symptoms come, then I start acting like a son. That's not my lifestyle at all. I believe I'm a son. And so it flows in all of my conversations also. You'll never hear me even use sickness or something to even get a holiday or anything. It's because it's not in my nature. I won't even joke about it. I don't think about it. I don't have even random conversations about it. You can ask anybody who is close to me. They know that. It's because if it's in your nature, if you really believe that, then with the heart one believes unto righteousness. That means my sonship. That means who I am. My, with the heart, I believe who I am. My sonship. That's why it says unto righteousness. Not unto human being. Unto righteousness. That means who I am. A son of God. Unto righteousness. All my promises of the new covenant. All the promises of the new creation. I believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I really believe it. Sometimes if I don't, I take time out. I sit and I decide. Choose. Do you really believe this or do you really believe that? And I decided. And then I take sometimes just a couple of days just to come to that place. Yeah, I've, I've been double-minded for so many years in this area. I'm going to be single-minded and that's it. I take some time out with myself, one-on-one. -on -one. And then I go in this area and I just sit plump and then that's it. Once I made a decision about it, that's it. Then everything that comes to even tell me, no, it's, it doesn't matter. It's because I made a decision about who I am. That's it. I'll go to the cross with it. And then after some time, everything looks like opposite of what I've decided. 
but I don't care. It's because the word says it, so I believe it. And then you'll be surprised after maybe five months, everything that I believe suddenly starts falling into place and catching up to who I am. You are a son of God. Everything comes to test that sonship. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I should stop here and then maybe we just continue in the next one. Uh, I think we'll do that. Okay. I'm just going to start off with the eight verses. Uh, just brush up on Sunday. Uh, so don't miss that. But those who want to go over with these like eight verses that I put, if there, if there was ever a series that if I wanted to do on spiritual warfare, these would be the eight verses. Because the Bible tells you there is the only thing that you have to do, it just says resist the devil and he will flee. It doesn't say fight the devil. Okay, and Jesus died to give you and me a good report. A good report. That means anything that is coming against you, you're supposed to have the good report. Okay, and so how do you do the first line of Isaiah 53? Who has believed our report? You believe it. That's it. Okay, and your biggest rest is that you and me are sons of God. Even if you didn't believe you're a son, if you believe in Jesus, that Jesus went on the cross, died for your sins, you become a son of God. And you live all your life, maybe on this earth, defeated, is because the only person that you didn't believe was you. Okay, and so all, all the what Michael is sharing, all the series that he did, everything that I'm sharing, everything is about you just waking up as a son. That means an increase is coming to your soul. I told you, the minute Adam sinned, he fell into another realm, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and your whole soul was fed with that tree. That's why you go to the doctor and he'll say, and you think you can fall sick at 40 certain things can happen at 50 certain things. Everything has been programmed into that mind of yours, into that soul of yours. And now God pulled you out of this realm, out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you come back to the sun, to the tree of life. And now he's reprogramming that soul of yours to think like him, to see like him, to believe like him. Everything is because he's made you like him and to not have a split personality anymore. And that's what's calling increase, increase. You're waking up. What part of you is getting renewed? Your soul. And that life, and the minute that soul is coming into agreement with your spirit man, basically what it means is the minute you start agreeing with what the father says about you, believing, that's what it is. Everything of the kingdom is flowing into your life. Very recently, I had someone who said that they had COVID and everything, and you know, uh, just and trust me, there were like thoughts that bombarded my head. And you know what I did in all of that? I didn't fight. I just resisted. It's not in my nature. It's not in my nature. I rested. And if sometimes I don't even speak it, but sometimes if I feel I'm getting too bombarded with thoughts, then I begin to speak. Because I believe unto righteousness and confession is made unto salvation. So, so. And then you speak it and you realize how certain things went away and then you realize it's not flesh and blood. It's someone speaking. Speak it. Believe it and speak it. If you're in a problem, my advice to you is don't pick up the phone and talk about your problems. They won't go away. You'll get counsel, won't lead to anything. But if you really want your problems to bow down to you, then go to a room, go sit in one place, take these eight verses, just go over them. And now believe who you are, that you're a son. It's not in my nature. I'm not telling you to be something and to become something. I'm telling you who you already are. 
and the more you start resting who you are everything is trying to tell you you're not indian you're sri lankan and then you rest after some time that i don't care how many sri lankans tell me i'm not indian i know i'm an indian by birth my passport proves it that means your book your the word proves it that's it everything will disappear heaven knows you belong to heaven the father knows it and this government is working on your behalf your job is you don't start acting like the other government and get swayed and sucked into the laws of the other government the more you rest all of heaven wants like mindedness like mindedness that means you and me are on the same team stop acting like the other person's team that's what it means to believe that's what oneness means i'm one as he is so am i i believe i believe my father and so what did i do i don't care what thoughts i was getting and everything and oh my god and i was just like i don't care that i'm a son i believe it i am my father's daughter i'm my father's son and as you believe as you see certain things so do i as you speak so do i you and i have the same thought about the situation and so i just become single minded that's it and i go to the cross with it and i come what may no i just don't shake i hold my position and what are you doing you're resisting and guess what happens everything please it all bowed down it's a quick fix what did happen for one week will happen to you in one second if you do what i'm telling you to do go to a room sit down remind yourself you are a son take a few promises just read them hmm. this is it father i thank you i'm a son it's not in my nature with the heart one believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation that's it and now everything will come to test that's it i made a decision about it this is it this is who i am and i rest in it cast all your cares okay because you are a son and now you go on stop getting worried because it's not in your nature to be worried you are a supernatural being the promises of god are already yes and amen for you and you will see them become yes and amen even as you just stop getting restless okay and just calm down i've seen it i've seen it and i'll share something very big you know in a in a week or two's time okay but i saw sort of things happen and uh it makes me so happy yeah it makes me really happy to know that you're a son to know what god is uh doing for you as a son and that all his promises are yes and amen okay and um, yeah you just rest you can enjoy okay uh so i'm, I'm going to end this today and uh, expect a good report okay expect a good report that's all i'm going to tell you in whatever area it is expect a good report is because uh, jesus died to give you the good report okay a son will always have a good report because you're a son in fact everyone who comes to you will get a good report because of you because you're the son who's giving them that good report okay so let's just close today and i'm going to pray let's give a spiritual guide and uh, don't miss on sunday i'm just going to begin with just the eight verses uh it's going to be called the good report and i'm just going to title it spiritual warfare what do you think spiritual warfare is so the simplicity of of uh, of walking in this world okay and having everything obey and bow down to you all the challenges that's what i mean father we just thank you just say this jesus you are my high priest and right now i give you a tithe of all the increase that has come into my soul and i just worship you with it right now oh rahagari aranapaka shibriya dayanapaka yogoriyana namaste priya bhagavan vira padalaranapa shubhakana storiya
Father, I just thank you. Thank you for all the increase that has come to every son. I just thank you that we are victorious, that there is no death, there is no defeat in a son's life. I thank you for victory. I thank you for resurrection life that is flowing out of each son. Resurrection life. I thank you that it's in our nature to be victorious. It's in our nature to overcome. It's in our nature to have divine hope. It's in our nature to be prosperous. It's in our nature to be fruitful and to multiply. It's in our nature to have life. It's in our nature to have a good, gentle tongue. It's in our nature to have peace and to be peacemakers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.